For the majority of San Diegans, COVID-19 has been a test of patience. For more than a month, America's finest city has been without the very things that make San Diego great. Our parks, beaches, and public spaces. In recent weeks, it appears San Diego's curve might be flattening, and that's partly why Mayor Kevin Faulkner has reopened some parks with social distancing in place. This begs the question, when can the city begin reopening other public spaces? For the San Diego Union Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is a special live episode of your San Diego News Fix. Mark Ziegler, you're a sports columnist for the Union Tribune. You wrote a column saying that recreational spaces should open up next. Lay out your argument. How do you think San Diego should proceed? Well, you know, it was interesting in kind of writing this column. I didn't want to come across as as too preachy, and I want to try to present both sides. Um, but I think, you know, we understand where we live, and we live in a very, very unique place. This is not New York City. It's not Northern Italy. And it's not Wuhan, China. It's really, really different. And a huge component of our lives is being outdoors and being active. And those are two things that, you know, it, doctors have said uh, have been able to or, or give you a, a better chance against the virus. And so my, my thing is, you know, let's separate the businesses and the schools uh, and other segments of life from this, you know, a conversation about what should be shut and what shouldn't be. But when it comes to recreational activities that I think you can do alone outdoors or in a way that, that, that is not around other people where, where the infection, infection rate is very low, I think those things should be, should be open for our physical and our mental health. I think there's, there's components to both of those uh, where recreation can help. And it's been proven, um, you know, not only in this city, but in other places. Yeah, that's been the hardest thing about the pandemic is just that it seems that at first we were all kind of trapped in our homes. So let's say things improve in the next coming weeks. What do you think are the first things that should be open and, you know, can work with social distancing? Well, I, I think, you know, there's a difference between opening a beach and opening it to recreation. And I think that's what, you know, my point is that, that I think the recreational uh, facilities and uh, activities that can be done with proper social distance, distancing should have priority. So that means walking on a beach or running on a beach or surfing, not, not putting down a beach towel and sitting there all day uh, with groups of people, not having a big bonfire uh, with you know, pallets at night. Um, I think we have to work up to those things. But when it comes to recreation, uh, you know, I live right near Mission Bay. My wife runs at Mission Bay every single day. Uh, I see its usage. And, and you know, there's also a component, too, where you, know, you can work out at your, in your home and you can work out, you can go run by yourself. But for people who are really fit, they understand when you're working out around other people, uh, not necessarily in close proximity, but you see someone running in the distance or someone cycling or someone paddle boating, paddle boarding, uh, it, it's a motivation and it makes that, that, that exercise um, easier in some respects and, and it pushes you more. And that makes the, the, the whole experience better. So I think all those things that, that are recreationally, rec recreationally related that can be done with proper social distancing uh, should be opened, you know, as soon as they, they see fit. Mm -hmm. And we have seen some progress towards this. That's why the mayor has reopened parks to exactly what you're describing, where people can, you know, use this for working out while keeping that distance. So how would you suggest leaders kind of set a plan that allows for more use of public spaces, but at the same time enforces some distance? What would your recommend recommendations be? Well, I think... I think um, you know they, they've 
made some steps in that direction and some good steps. I mean, the first thing they did was they got all the mayors together on a, of coastal mayors on a conference call. And they all, and the, the only thing they could really agree on was, okay, we're all going to do this together. We can't open two beaches and have other beaches not open because everyone's going to flood to those two beaches. Uh, and so I think that was a good first step. Um, but I also think, uh, you know, and, and, and they've, and they've laid out some plans in the last couple of days. Um, and I think they're all good. Um, and I, you know, they, they, they sort of took, taken the stance of, you know, it's going to be walking, running and surfing to the beach and that's it. Um, and so I think those are the good first steps. Uh, the one thing they have not talked about that I, I wish they would, and, and I just know this because my daughter is a, is a swimmer and water polo player, uh, is the pools. And, you know, the CDC has said it is perfectly safe to be in a pool. I mean, we all know chlorine and particularly the levels they have in city pools will kill everything. Uh, and, and so I think there's a way that you could use the pools without maybe using the changing rooms, just have people walk in, limited lap swimming, not splashing around in the shallow end, but for serious people who need these pools, who can't pound on the pavement, might have knee problems. And there's a lot of people who use these pools, uh, not just um, active athletes, but, but seniors use them as well uh, to get their, their fitness in and their workout in. And I think those are the things that maybe they're not talking about right now, which is a little bit baffling. I, I would think that would be one of the, the things on the, on the early uh, opening list. Yeah, I think the hardest part with this is how do you enforce those social distancing rules? Like no one wants to be the bad cop saying, sorry, only three people in this pool at this time. But in order to kind of have safety without, you know, massive levels of testing or a vaccine, it's kind of our new normal until, you know, that level of safety is back to somewhere where it was before. Yeah, you know, and I think, you know, it's been interesting, too, about San Diego is when you look around other places, I mean, and, and I don't know, you know, we, we no one's going to have all the data on this and, and be able to prove it one way or the other. But New York, for example, kept Central Park open. And you see all these videos of people running there because they understood, you know, they live on top of each other, they need to get outside. Uh, and so people were running. And and for, for the most part, all the videos I saw, look, people were, were not running into each other and were social distancing. Um, and here we are in a city that is outdoors, and we've had very, very restrictive uh, recreational um, limitations put on. I mean, more than maybe anywhere else. I mean, my mother lives in San Francisco across the street from a park. She walks in the park every day. It's never been closed. People sit out in, in it. Uh, and so maybe it's different in a city where there aren't as many opportunities in, in a congested city, which we don't live in. Um, but we've had very, very restrictive um, policies. And so, I mean, I know there's a big segment just from talking to people that felt like none of this shit had ever been closed. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to me to see how quickly they do it. They're talking about, you know, doing things in the right way, I think. And I think some of the, the, the plans that have been rolled out have been very productive. But the big question to me is going to be when. Is it going to be May 1st or is there going to be some pushback uh, internally and uh, people who don't want to see, you know, from, from public health officials who don't want to see this happen and it becomes May 15th? Um, that to me is, the, is a bigger issue than what will be open because I think they've started to decide what, what, what will be open, what won't be. Yeah, that's the kind of hard thing about this discussion is that people seem to assume that, oh, there'll be a magical date, everything goes back to normal. People don't really act like that. There are people who, you know, know that they could die if they get COVID-19 and are likely to not go out. So the question is, when you finally make it legal, how much are people going to go back to these spaces and how much, you know, risk is going to be created? Because every time you, you know, reduce social distancing, you let people to go outside you're increasing that risk, but because we don't have widespread testing, we don't have a vaccine, we don't know how bad things could or could not get. 
Yeah, you know, and, and one of the interesting things that to me will be, you know, I think eventually they are going to reopen a lot of the recreational facilities. And one of the interesting things to me is going to be, okay, when they do it, it's a little bit different than when it happened before. You remember in March, there was that day that, it, you know, it had been raining for a couple of weeks and they got a sunny Saturday and everybody went to the beach. And they said, oh, look, we can't have this. And they shut everything. Um, this time, I think people will be a little bit more educated uh, and understanding and cognizant of social distancing. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to me to see if people act differently. Uh, for example, let's say the beaches were open this weekend. I mean, look at look at the weather we're having right now, how warm it is. And what would what would the beaches look like on a normal weekend where it's this warm, uh, particularly after it's been raining and been kind of chilly, at least for us? Um, you know, I think people will act differently. And that, that'll be one of the fascinating things to see because they've been very adamant that if, if they feel like the numbers aren't trending in the right way after they reopen things, they will close them again. Um, and so I think people understand that threat and I think people will be more responsible about it, um, but we'll see. Yeah, we're in this really strange time in which you see certain communities, you know, for instance, National City and Chula Vista are now requiring individuals to wear masks while they go outside. So people are aware of what's going on and it'll be interesting to see how much that truly changes behavior because, you know, as much as we report the news, not everyone knows it. So it's kind of interesting to see how the public perception and the public actions take a while to truly change. Yeah. You know, one of the things that's been fascinating to me and, and not taking sides either way on this um, is, you know, the reaction of society to this and, 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 and what we've done. We've shut down everything and, and we've created our economy um, and, you know, we've, we've taken all these extreme measures. And if you look back, um, and I'm, I'm going to preface this by saying I am not comparing this to the flu, but if you look back in... 2017, 2018, there was a really, really bad year of the flu. 342 people in San Diego died. Uh, I think it was 61,000 um, nationally, and they think the numbers could be as high to, as 80,000. I've seen uh, some CDC estimates uh, from flu and its complications. 180 children died. And how many people even know that? I didn't know that until I read it. And so, uh, you know, you have one extreme where, where society did absolutely nothing for that. Uh, there was one week in San Diego I looked up where uh, close to 150 people died over a three-week period. It was about 50 a week for three straight weeks uh, at the end of 2017 and the first couple of weeks of 2018. And people never talked about it, never did anything about it. Schools weren't closed and 180 kids died across the country. And then you have this, which with the numbers, you know, if they say could be similar, um, but We've, we've made extreme measures. I'm not sure what the answer is, but it's been fascinating to me to from us just to step back and watch society to see the two different reactions uh, to two very, very obviously uh, um, deadly uh, viruses. Yeah, I feel like the biggest difference with this is just how the business community reacted at that week in March when the NBA canceled its season and everything kind of after that, it became clear that a national not literal lockdown, but a societal and group gathering lockdown did occur. And I think that really kind of showed how fearful people who make a lot of money were. And that's kind of why actions and decisions were made. And I think it's really interesting in your column how you kind of highlight just the kind of health that San Diego has. When you kind of explain uh, those arguments you made in your column. So, uh, you know, and these these rankings are really arbitrary. I mean, it's very yeah. hard to say one city is fitter than another. Um, but San Diego's consistently, and it's funny because some of these rankings, San Diego will be number two one year and then number 18 the next year. I mean, how can that happen in one year? But uh, yeah, they use different criteria. But San Diego is consistently 
in that top group. And some years is number one, some years is number three. Uh, but I think it's pretty, pretty obvious to anybody who lives here, just because of our weather and because of our resources, whether it's the beach, whether it's the bay, whether it's the parks, trails, um, we get outside and we get active and we're more active. And, I, you know, I have, the, I have the luxury of traveling all over the country for my job and, and, and seeing how other cities are. And there's some other cities that are very active too, but there's a lot of cities you go to and you're just like, wow, you guys really don't get outside and uh, you don't eat well and, uh, and, you can, and you can see and notice it. And I think, you know, that is who we are. And that's, you know, one of the points I made is we're, we're not very good at professional sports. We don't have a great record. Uh, we haven't won a major uh, championship, um, you know, in the, in the current NFL, which we don't have a team anymore or in major league baseball. Um, and you know, we've had some success in minor league sports, but what we're really good at is participation sports. We are really, really good at that. We get out and we do things. And uh, another statistic I saw that I thought was fascinating is, um, San Diego ranked number one in, in, uh, in terms of new year's, uh, resolutions and keeping them in terms of health resolutions They're number one in the country. And part of that is because it's easier to do here because, you know, in January, the weather's nice and you can get outside and, and you know, keep those resolutions. But it, it, it tells you that there's really kind of a commitment to health here. Uh, and so what, what was fascinating to me about how aggressive the shutdowns were with recreational facilities is it, it on the surface, it seems really counterintuitive and counterproductive that, you know, you have this healthy community. Why would you want to take that away from them when you're fighting uh, a health crisis? Um, but I, but then when I talk to other people who are in public health and they explain the reasons why they do things and the strategies of, of trying to enforce them, it starts to make sense. Uh, and so I see both sides and, and, uh, and, and I, you know, I quoted, um, Simon Marshall, who's a, who's a professor who studied public health. He's also a sports psychologist. He really understands he's married to a triathlete. He understands all sides of this. And, and he just said, look, there are no really easy answers to this. This is a very, very nuanced and complex issue and uh it's not simple saying you must open this or you must close that certainly and you know as more people get sick and recover from covid19 we're realizing the true toll that it has on people's bodies we're seeing reports of severe lung damage that can persist for years and other things that we don't know yet so i guess that's another kind of terrifying layer to this is that in the future we're going to have you know hundreds of thousands hopefully not millions of americans with long-term health complications because of this and hopefully here in san diego that number won't be that high yeah you know one of the things that that uh simon marshall told me and i thought it was a really interesting point is he said you know coming out of this on the other side will we become even a more active and fitter community and he, and he gave the examples of bike shops which is one thing that has really benefited people are buying bikes getting their old bikes tuned up getting them fixed and getting out and riding bikes because it's one of the few things you can do and actually uh, for the cyclists in the community, this this actually has been pretty good because there's mm -hmm. not as much traffic. So the the danger of getting hit by cars, although they do like to go on Fiesta Island and that's closed. But um, as an aside, that would one thing I would do. I'd open up Fiesta Island just for cyclists and not for for vehicle traffic as a way to encourage that. But you know, he said, you know, what happens if they open the pools and people said, you know what, I got to do something. My gym's closed. I'll go swim in the pool and and start to like it. That's a great exercise and probably the best exercise because there's no pounding. Um, on the other side, do we come out of this a fitter, healthier community? Because there's also just the, the, the whole side of going through a health crisis. You realize, wow, the healthier you are, the better chance you have of fighting something like this. I got to get healthy for the next one. And so I, I think there can be some health benefits 
uh, particularly again in a, in a community like we have, where we have everything at our fingertips. There's really no excuse not to be fit and active here uh, because of our weather and our facilities. Mm -hmm. And uh, finally, uh, when this is all over, what activity are you most looking forward to doing? So I play in a basketball league um, uh, with, uh, it, it's called Over 35 Basketball, but I'm not sure how many 35-year-olds we have in it anymore. Um, but it's in UC. It's, it's organized by a guy named Greg Zinzer, who has just done an incredible job. It's, it's, it's a group of 70 guys. You have to kind of get sponsored to get in. And we play every Sunday. And then we have a spinoff where we play in, uh, in, in local recreation centers, uh, just pick up basketball. And that's one thing, obviously, we can't do right now because of the, the social distancing. And, and it's a camaraderie thing. And it's again, it's a thing where we all push each other. We can go shoot around baskets by ourselves, but it's not the same as with your, you know, 10 or 20 of your, of your best buddies. Uh, and, and then we go over to a local uh, watering hole and have dinner and maybe have a couple uh, malted beverages. And, and, you know, it's, it's great. And it's something that's part of our lives that we're missing right now. So that's, that's number one. I mean, golf's going to come back and that's the other thing I do quite a bit, but I think that will come back sooner than, than basketball. Yeah, it does appear that San Diego is doing a decent job flattening its curve. Let's hope this continues and we can all resume to sunny San Diego again. Mark Ziegler, thank you so much. My pleasure. Now your coronavirus update. County officials on Thursday announced the region had logged another 152 COVID-19 cases, the highest daily total yet. However, the number also came during a day when many tests were conducted. Yesterday, the county recorded 2,255 tests, about 740 more than the day before. To date, 2,643 residents have tested positive for the virus, and officials also reported four more deaths. The death toll is now 100. Four COVID-19 survivors have donated plasma to the San Diego Blood Bank as a means to help people hospitalized with the disease. Convalescent plasma, as it is known, has shown to be a beneficial viral treatment in the past against infectious diseases like the 1918 flu, SARS, MERS, and H1N1. Just because it's a pandemic doesn't mean that speed limits don't apply. CHP officers are now cracking down on people speeding. Those caught driving faster than 100 miles an hour increased 87% during the past month. Days after hundreds of protesters gathered for a so-called freedom rally in downtown San Diego, a woman who police say organized the protest could face a misdemeanor charge for allegedly encouraging others to violate stay-at-home orders. A police spokesman said the department forwarded the case to the San Diego City Attorney's Office for review on Tuesday. The move comes after some, including civil rights activists, questioned why police didn't cite protesters last weekend for ignoring the orders. A misdemeanor conviction could result in up to six months of jail time and fines of up to $1,000. Thank you for listening to the San Diego News Fix. We want to remind you that information is your first line of defense. The San Diego Union Tribune is dedicated to bringing you the latest news in print, online, and on our podcasts. Right now, you can read our public health stories related to the virus online for free without hitting the paywall. But you can get all of your news at your fingertips, wherever and whatever you want if you're a subscriber. Don't miss a story. Go to uniontrip.com slash subscribe. Until next time.